oh yeah, already loving this program. It stops that and goes directly to us. This is pretty amazing, Joe. Nice, nice stuff. Uh, I agree. For those of you uh, that are joining us, I see um, a whole zero viewer so far. So, <laughs> you know, it let me put in my uh, my name that I wanted to show up. I could have put anything. And you actually put your real name. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I um, thought about putting up Joe Ridgely, but then, you know, that's a whole weird, bizarro universe. You would have had to put on a fat suit and a wig. <laughs> oh, anyway, for those right, that, that are joining us, um, as our little ad said for this evening, this is kind of like a beta test guinea pig thing. Um, we were viewing past shows, the, all two of them, and the video quality really wasn't up to par for us. So terrible. I'm sorry. It was terrible. It, it, absolutely. It, it was terrible. And yeah. we know it wasn't on our side. We both have blazing fast internet and blazing fast computers. So it had to have something to do with them. And, and this is actually proving that. So um, what I'd like to do is get a few people to join us um, live. And if uh, anybody in the audience can confirm that our, we're live on YouTube right now. That would be greatly appreciated if you could even comment from YouTube. Can I go while we you, do this? You can, can but you're going to echo all to hell if you don't have earphones. Oh. Yeah. So. Never mind. Well, that's what I'm saying. All right. So we already have a comment. Let me pull it up. And it works. Beautiful. Hey, Joe. Marlin, thank you for joining us. All right. So what I'm going to do is got four viewers so far, man. All right. With, like only a two-hour notice. That's not horrible. You know what? The pressure's on, man. We got we to gotta make it We gotta make it count. Absolutely. I got I to sit differently or something. I don't know. I feel like I should. Well, now, now you're full frame, so. Oh, man. Look pretty. I should go take a shower or something. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is really nice, man. This is like uh, driving, you know, like a little old Pinto around and you just like showed up in a new Mustang or something. Right? I don't know. What just happened? Uh, I changed Every the angle. You. Oh. you like this better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. David Madison in the house. You guys. Hey, man. Thank hey, congrats you, on the on the release of uh, Legacy, man. Seriously. Good stuff. Mr. Hush Legacy available now. Yeah, if you guys uh, haven't watched it yet, check it out. Definitely, definitely good stuff. Um, I am, let's see, going to pull up Dawn of the Joe. Oh, well, that's a cool name. <laughs> a cool name. How many Joes are, in, are are here right now? We should just put them all on. You just have it should just be the Joe show. Oh, and Dawn of Joe actually commented from YouTube. Oh, sweet. Wait, so that comment showed up here and he put it up on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that awesome. was from YouTube. And cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. And then David saying thank you. Absolutely our pleasure. 
Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring Chuck up. Not up Chuck. Chuck up. And there he is. Hey, Chuck. What's up, guys? What's up, man? How's it going? It's going pretty good. How you all doing? Great. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. I'm going to drop down. I'm actually going to put the link in the Facebook group under this. And if anybody else wants to join us, they can. So I might have to put you down in the lobby for a little while and bring you up. But let's see if I can uh, get that going. All righty. Chuck, what's going on? What are you sipping on right there? I'm, I'm, I'm having an L8. Nice. You know, some of our viewers might not be actually here in Kentucky. So maybe they well, might not know what the L8 is all about. Maybe you should tell them. Oh, yeah. L8 is a very tasty beverage. Some compare it to ginger ale, but it's not. It's really it's hard. It's hard to explain. It looks like it's in like a Heineken bottle. And that was one thing I always liked. But it's a Kentucky thing, and it's actually – I think it's actually yeah. called yeah. A, a, a late one, I think is what it's yeah, actually a late called. One. Everybody here calls it – you mean L8. We have L8 machines I, everywhere. Like, you drive up the road, and there's an L8 machine, like, outside businesses, like, 75 cents. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, and sodas and machines here are, like, 50 cents still. It's cool. It's cool. But, yeah, L8 is awesome. I don't – I actually – I enjoy good L8, but I'm actually having the ginger ale. So. Oh well, see, look at that. Yeah, actually, yeah. what's funny about uh, what's funny about it is the fact that uh, uh, I used to actually be in a band with uh, the grandson or son of the owner of L8. Oh yeah, so, yeah, back in high school. That's pretty uh, cool. badass. Badass drummer named Daniel Rogers. I don't know if he plays anymore, but uh, he used to be in a Tool cover band, and he fucking nailed it. Well, you know, I mean, for those people who don't know who you are because they missed the first episode uh, or people who are going to be watching uh, the archive of this impromptu episode, uh, I don't know if this is episode three or if this is episode two, two A or two B or whatever, but <laughs> why don't you tell people who you are, what, tell them about your band. Chuck is a good friend of mine. His band is awesome. They kick ass. And uh, he's, he decided he agreed to come on last minute here tonight. Uh, to test out this new software and, and talk about some of the shit he's got going on. Yeah, uh, Chuck Nasty, uh, Chuck Daniels, whatever, uh, from the Bad Bastard Sons of a Judas Goat. I uh, do drums and vocals, uh, and we're out of Mount Sterling, Kentucky. We play atmospheric uh, doom with uh, sludge and black metal overtones on occasions. Yeah. Uh, we actually are playing a show, uh, yeah, tomorrow, uh, in, in, in Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is like right over, like, you know, across the street from Louisville, pretty much, uh, doing a charity thing. Uh, it's a free show, uh, pretty much, uh, for, uh, like you bring in, uh, blankets and stuff for like the homeless. So it's, it's a charity, you know, uh, just to help out with that kind of stuff. Uh, it's cool. called that. It's called, called bash for the underclass. Uh, and if you go to our Facebook page, uh, you'll see the flyer on there and stuff. Uh, but, uh, there's a couple other bands that are really awesome on there. Artwork for the blind, um, grand Shaw, uh, and eulogy and blood, uh, which all through those bands are awesome. Grand Shaw is a lot like Pantera. 
uh, with like a hell yeah kind of feel, Lamb of God kind of stuff. Eulogy and Blood is uh, like hardcore death metal kind of stuff. And uh, Arbor for the Blind is is like a sludgy death metal, and and they're they're pretty awesome. And I'm really stoked to play with all those guys. That's really cool, man. And is it uh, like, do you know the name of the organization that's that's doing it for the homeless? Do you know any of that stuff? It's it's actually here's the kicker. It's actually a house party, or, or not house party, but a, it's a house show. And that's uh, cool. Yeah, so it should so be a lot of fun. Private, it's just like private people just doing this. Uh. Yeah, it's a uh, it's uh, the guitar player. If I'm if I'm correct, it's the co- guitar player from uh, Artwork for the Blind, uh, Saul. I think it's, it's I think it's his house that it's that's going on at. I'm not 100 percent sure of everything. I just know we got to be there at a certain time, and we're gonna play, and it's gonna be a lot of fun, and it's gonna be for a good good deal, you know. So, yeah. Well, you've been playing uh, a lot of shows lately, man. You know. Um, yeah. Where have you you've been playing mostly? Uh, You've done a few Lexington shows, but you've mostly been playing in the Louisville area, right? Yeah, um, we we actually have not played. Have we played any Lexington shows? We haven't played any Lexington shows in a, in a while. But we, uh, we, yeah, we played Richmond, the show that you were at. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and Louisville, a couple. I, of I, like, guess huh? that's what I, meant. I guess that's what I meant. To me, that's oh. this. Well, from, yeah. here, from here to there is in my brain. It's all Lexington. No, you know, I feel you. Yeah. Um, Mag Bar in Louisville uh, is one, <laughs> one of our favorite places to play. We just played there um, last Sunday with uh, uh, our buddies who are actually around living around the area uh, called Into the Grave. Uh, they're like some hard, hardcore thrash uh, with a little, little bit of death mixed in there. Um, and a band called Carnivora, who they were they were from Salem, actually, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, one of you, isn't that one of your favorite places, actually, is Salem? Yeah, I love Salem. Yeah, they uh, we made friends with them uh, at Mag at the last show. They're really badass. And then uh, before and, and you, it's that place. It's Magbar and uh, Highland Tap Room. Those are the two main places we play at um, uh, in in Louisville. Uh, we played Tiger Room. We opened up for Pentagram. Uh, was last month or whatever it was. And then uh, we, we actually are playing on December 3rd. We're playing with uh, a few bands, mad, mad men massacre, um, our official hatred and a couple other bands in Lexington. It'd be the first time we played Lexington in a, in a minute uh, with uh, uh, at uh, Cosmic Charlie's. And then uh, we've got a show that I just booked today. Uh, January seventh at Magbar uh, with uh, Ape Vermin, uh, who are from North Carolina, and a band called uh, the Stone Eye, which I think they're from like Pennsylvania or someplace like that. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. So you have a lot of kind of you have a lot of shows going on right now. Uh, one of the things that uh, I think maybe would be interesting to talk about, um, but let me just. Let me see why Joe's popped up here. <laughs> hi, Joe. Hi, hi again. Uh, I just want to remind everybody, I put a link down in the Facebook um, uh, post. And if you click on that link, you can actually join us live. You'll be in the lobby. I would love for some people to participate, get up here, ask some questions. I'm trying to break this program, so I need some participation if possible. Um, got my buddy 
Tony from Our World Outdoor. The gauntlet is here. Boomstream looks great. Uh, for those of you that don't know Tony, um, I had a show prior to this a couple of years ago. And it, he, he established a character on it called The Gauntlet. And he, he would kind of critique every one of our shows. Really good guy. Awesome. But, um, he will be on here someday. But again, anybody who is actually watching, I put that link in the Facebook. Um, click that link if you have a camera and a mic or a phone, and we'll get you up here. And if you have a question for George or Chuck or you want to discuss something, let us know. Yeah, we're just going to just kind of wrap for a few minutes about some stuff and see how it goes. Uh, so one of the things that I kind of want to talk about here with Chuck is that, you know, obviously, as your friend, I, we talk a lot, obviously, offline. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is our second time getting to have kind of talk like this in front of people. And, you know, I mean, so you kind of know my goal for the Indie Brigade. And you're, you're kind of, you're, you're, you're behind it. And okay. so my question to you is, you know, look, no bullshit, right? Like, I've, I've known you and I've watched you guys struggle and try to get gigs and go and you have your ups and your downs and then i'm i'm so happy in my heart to see that you you're starting to get all these gigs but this has not been an easy road and no, that's not at all. what i want to talk about because you know if there's any other musicians or or anybody watching uh, or anybody uh, who has anything maybe relevant to this kind of topic of conversation right now feel free to click the link that joe put up jump in join our conversation, but, um, you know, I mean, what's, why, why is it so fucking hard <laughs> <laughs> to get booked? Uh, you guys are awesome. Everybody who watches you play, uh, everybody who sees you play live, uh, has nothing but good things to say about you. Everybody rants about you. Um, and, and, you know, you guys are badass. So why is it hard for bands who are good, bands who have the talent, the skill, the drive, and the want? Why is it hard, so hard to book gigs these days, you know, as opposed to how it maybe used to have been? Well, with the power of the internet now, it, it actually has a lot of pros. It has some pros, has some cons. Um, there's still a lot of bands, actually, I found that actually don't even use the internet for booking and stuff. Like, you have to get a hold of them. Uh, well, they like they'll use the internet, but like you have to like find their email. Like you get, they don't have a Facebook page, or they go beyond all that stuff, you know. Um, you know, back in the day, it was it was word of mouth. Um, you know, it's like every band that I ever got into uh, when I started getting into heavy music was from friends who had heard from this band from like Headbangers Ball, or. You know, their dad was a, a, a you know heavy metal fan or something like that, and uh, or I'd see other bands wearing other shirts, uh, which I'm wearing a Stormtoker shirt tonight. If you could see it, yeah. uh, local band from Lexington, uh, friends of ours. Um, uh, but you know, you, it was all it was all word of mouth. Uh, you know, you'd hear about it from like, you know, just your buddies and their buddies or whatever. Now, uh. And it's always been about who you know, too. That also helps, obviously. But uh, now it's kind of back and forth, depending on where you're trying to get shows at. Um, there's a lot of places that have uh, click. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, if, if you're not sharing the same 
ideas and not playing the same type of music that they're doing, then they just kind of shut you out. Um, and it, it makes it difficult to actually book shows certain places because, okay, well, band A and band B don't really care from, don't really care for you that much. Um, but like band C and D really like you, but then all of a sudden it seems like they've been turned against you because of this band over here. And then that goes to promoters and, and whatnot and the, and, and, you know, bars and whatnot. And people like, you know, they just kind of see you as, Oh, whatever. Um, but the bright side is though, going talking about like Facebook and stuff like that is the fact that you can just go on and like, you know, you see people posted about this band or that band, they go live at shows and, you know, bands get a chance to actually like, okay, we're doing this and it's not, like, okay, well, we're at this show and we're just going to have to announce or we're playing next week at so-and-so. This way, you can really bug the shit out of everybody and and they, it's in their heads, like, okay, well, this is going on at this place at this time with these bands, whatever. You know, so it gets the word out there um, and it, but it really is kind of like you have to, you have to actually really care about getting shows in order to get them booked. I, I, I don't do it as much as I used to, but because uh, there for a little while we played a lot of shows. And we actually haven't had as have haven't played as many this year as we did the year before last, or yeah, before last year. Um, or I'm I'm mixed up, but yeah, last year we played a lot more shows. Whatever. Um, but you know, wake up in the morning and get online and be like, okay, well, this band's from this point, you know, from this area, you know, they're kind of similar to us. I'll hit them up, see if they want to play, you know. Uh, I'll make friends with this guy who's actually a friend with this band and so-and-so are actually uh, Facebook pages for different metal styles, like doom and sludge pages and whatever. Uh, that's how I hooked up with talking to the guys at eight vermin. Uh, the band were playing with them January 7th at uh, Magbar um, was their guitar player and vocalist uh, was a member of this one group. Always posted his stuff. And I was like, well, hell, man, you know, if you're ever passing around Kentucky or whatever, let me know. And he hit me up the other day and uh, I got a hold of the uh, the venue and found out that all is well uh, and we've got the, the gig and stuff. So, you know, that's awesome. like that. So yeah. so you're saying there's still like this whole kind of network of people who kind of if you're not part of the, the in crowd. Right. So, I mean, that part I get because that's there's that in the movie business and everything. But what yeah. it sounds to me like, and it's cool if I'm getting it right, sounds to me like most of the most of the success that that you guys have is you know finding partnerships and team ups um, independently of any sort of management uh, type title person. Yeah. yeah. So so and then y'all get together as these partnerships and offer up shows with all of y'all on the, on the, on the title card. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's a really cool effort. I I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure that's how I don't know shit about the business of your business. I wish I did. I wish I knew more, but it's, it sounds to me like one of the things that, that, you know, could be really cool in the indie brigade online community, the secret one um, is, is a place for 
bands to do just that, get together and, and put together these band-driven shows. Because, you know, let's face it, there's there's genres of music just like there's genres of film and, and genres of everything. And you guys are in a pretty niche genre style music. Uh, however, there seems to be a massive following for your genre. And I'm obviously part of it. And um, there's, you know, so like it seems to me, you know, if if well, first of all, how do you identify the markets? How do you identify places where you've got a big enough fan base to play shows? Well, first off, like we we you know we 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 haven't toured yet. We haven't got a tour. We've we've played around Kentucky uh, for a while. We're hoping we've we've there was talks of, of of a couple of tours that were supposed to happen last year that didn't happen. This year didn't happen. Uh, but there's some talks about possibly next year or something happening. Maybe not anything major, but uh, it, it it's it's pretty much like. Sorry, my kids are in the background, really distracting you right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, sorry. The God, I totally lost track track of what I was saying. They're both grounded. <laughs> Joe's back. Hi, Joe. uh, uh, who's Dave Langley? Oh, that's a uh, he's the bass player vocalist for Storm Toker. Uh, he's the band that I'm wearing the shirt of. They're they're brothers of ours. Uh, uh, we've played a couple of shows with them, old he, friends. He said, There's that plug, laugh out loud. Yeah. And he, he also said, Took her up. <laughs> Already did. So I, I just wanted to bring that. I didn't know who he was. I was curious. And <clears throat> I do have to say again, anybody watching right now, if you would like to join us live, again, I'm trying to break this program. I need people to participate. And if anybody wants to come up, please let me know and uh, click the link on the Facebook. Uh, hey, Dave, you should totally do that if you're still on here. You should totally come in this conversation. Like, if you're still watching, this, this is your kind of conversation. Just throwing that out there. So I'm curious that I, uh, you, you got to explain your band name again, if you could, please. <laughs> yeah, Bastard Sons of Judas Goat. Actually, there's things that I didn't I didn't explain about it last time. Uh, like I said, it was a name that was a joke from an old band we played in where not everybody showed up. We were joking around, jamming around, said so we're just going to call this band so-and-so Judas Goat. Um, and... Years later, we decided to call this band that we're in something, something, Judas Goat. Um, the thing that the, the funny thing about our name is it sounds people, we get compliments on it all the time. Uh, people are like, oh, that's like a badass name and, you know, whatever. And a lot of people think that it's satanic, uh, but it's not at all. Uh, a Judas Goat's a real goat. It's the goat that pretty much leads all the other goats to their death. Um, and, and also, I just like the word bastard. <laughs> and, and that's no joke. I just, I like, I like bands that have the name bastard in them. I, and it, that just worked, worked out that way. So. No, nothing satanic about that whatsoever. I go reading other goats to death and bastards and. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, you know, it's not in a ritualistic tense or sense. Tense? Yeah, sense, whatever. But yeah. Hi, yeah. Sam. Thank <laughs> you for joining us. Sam, if you want to come on. Go ahead. I know uh, Lance is going to be coming on shortly. 
Sorry, I have to multitask with this stuff. I can't just sit around and look pretty like George. <clears throat> hey, man. Oh, it's, it's all good, man. I appreciate y'all uh, having me on, like, last minute, man. I've, uh, I've been itching to get back on. No, man, I'm happy you were available and uh, and we're down to, to hop on here. Um, yeah. You know, and I guess what I'm trying to do is just, you know, I'm trying to just build that sense of community, man. I'm just trying to, you know, make a place where we can all figure it out together. And, yeah. you know, um, so that's that would be interesting. I would love to see like a bunch of bands come together in the Indie Brigade community and then form like a tour. And then it could be called the Indie Brigade Tour. Fuck yeah! Hey man, no, nothing, nothing's impossible. That's actually a killer idea. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've told, I've told a few, uh, a few of my my friends that are other bands uh, uh, about the podcast and stuff, and uh, I've told you about a few of them. Yeah, I'm trying to spread the word for 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 something, you know, kind of kind of for that actually, because I think you might have mentioned that idea before, maybe. And if not, we both had the same idea anyway. So yeah, no, I think we've talked about it uh, a little bit over the the years. We've talked about doing some stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, who knows, man? Maybe this is where it all starts. You know. Yeah, man, definitely, dude. It's now I been mean, documented on video on the internet, so now it's a real thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, even like uh, with because of this, you know, you know, you you hooked us up with, with Scott Lake, who. Uh, we haven't gotten started on it yet, but to to score his uh, his short uh, short film Killing Time, um, and you know we wouldn't that wouldn't have been a, a thing if it wasn't for this. Uh, so I, I I think it's a really awesome idea, and as a creator, um, I, I really appreciate it. Cool man, you know I just uh, I just actually uh, I was I, I was lucky Scott uh, and I watched the rough edit of Killing Time uh, the other night on the phone. And I was pretty happy that uh, that I got to to see it, um, you know. And, yeah, he said you were going to do that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's got uh, you know he's got a great editor on it. The guy's doing a good job, um, and you know he's got all the ingredients. Uh, he's got everything there. He's got a real solid rough cut, and I think when he's done with it, he's going to have a really really solid uh, short. You know, I mean, it's uh, the cinematography is great. It looks great. Um, you, you know, so I'm excited to see the next iteration. Uh, I'm excited to next see the next cut when he gets it there. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm really excited about it, and I'm super excited that you're that you guys are doing the score for it, and that you're gonna start getting on that. Hi, Joe. Hi. <laughs> I just figured I'd join in. I was oh, interested. Great. Well, you once told me you once told me to notice if you pop up because it means that something's happening or something's wrong. So I've decided exactly. you know, whenever you pop up, I'm just going to stop talking <laughs> and just say hi, Joe. Well, I appreciate he's like, that. He's like Donald Rumsfeld. It's just like he pops up and it's like something's going to happen. <laughs> don't know when. We don't know how. Yeah. Blue card. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? No, I was just curious, if I may, though. I. I know it gets, it's a cookie-cutter question to a musician, but a formal training, self-taught? Uh, self-taught. Uh, I, I started uh, playing music when I was, like, 10, um, and then I really started actually, like, giving a crap of, like, how to actually work an instrument when I was, like, 20-something. Uh, I was a horrible excuse for a musician. I, didn't, I never tuned. Uh, 
I didn't do anything. I don't know. I just guess at what I'm playing. Uh, and I, you know, it's just, it, it's all by ear for the most part. I mean, it, I got, I got blessed with that. I've got a lot of, a lot of musicians in my, in my family tree. So I got lucky. Nice. Uh, Dustin Blankenship, we worship George C. Romero. Dustin, I love the car, man. Right? Hey, Dustin, feel free to click that link, man, and come up here and talk about that freaking car if you want. I need to get at least three more people up here to try to break this thing. So I know for a fact that we're never going to have an issue. And I see everybody jumping at the opportunity. Right. I got to throw out there about the music thing. I actually failed music uh, multiple times in high school uh, for the couple <laughs> of years I was there. So, uh, oh, so were you like a band geek for a little while? No, I was, not, I was not a band geek. I was just, I was just like in music theory and I failed it miserably. Uh, they, they want me to learn things at eight o'clock in the morning. And uh, that's not, that wasn't how to do it with me. It's not musician hours, man. No, I wasn't. I think I was still actually asleep. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting and sleeping was my problem in school. <laughs> and smoking in the boys' room. Nice. <laughs> uh, Joe, I have a settings button. You have a settings button? Yep, hang on. Get out. This might make us go back in time. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just going to click. I'm just clicking shit. Wow. Uh, We're going back. Trying to break it. Don't go breaking my shit, man. Oh, no. You said you wanted to break it. I'm just trying to help. Oh, man. If you guys do a duet right now, that'll be priceless. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're not going to see or hear me sing. No. No, but I'd like to have you on, on one of our uh, tracks doing a speaking part or spoken word part at one point, at some hey, point. Hey, man, I told you I'm happy to do it. I would love to do it. Just know that I have been ejected permanently from three out of five karaoke bars I have participated in. Well, I said spoken word. I didn't I didn't say, like, you know, doing Barbara Streisand covers or nothing. Yeah, I can talk. I can talk all damn day. I can talk. Yeah, man. Talk. What do you want me to say, man? Yeah. Well, okay, we got a question from David Langley. What strain of weed inspires all those heavy ass riffs? Uh, the cheap kind. <laughs> <laughs> the kind that doesn't cost way too much. <laughs> all right. That's hysterical. That is. <laughs> so- David said he's at work, so he can't. He can't join in. Uh, okay. Oh, that sucks. You got to have him on sometime. He's a good dude. Definitely. Definitely. So, Joe, how's your software working? Um, I believe it's doing pretty damn well. But, again, anybody out there, and I know there's people watching because this software has a counter, and it's showing me how many people are watching. I'm not going to embarrass us and tell (laughs) how many people are watching, but I know at least one of you has a camera and a mic. Hit the link. Come on. (laughs) I mean, e- even if you're not in, can you put videos up? Can, can you put videos up? And can you fill a video? Can you fill a? I didn't cue anything. Ah, okay. We what got Sam, we got Sam. I am Mason, who just came on. He's 
down in the lobby right now. Um, I like Sam. I am. He he owns Sacrificial Pawn Productions, and he is actually an indie director, writer, actor. And actually, I'm going to bring him up, and I'm going to let him tell you what he does. Sam, how are you, brother? What's going on, brother? Thanks for the invite, man. Absolutely. How's it going, man? Now, we're formally going to have you on the show sometime, and I appreciate you coming on right now. But tell us a little about your company and your podcast. Uh, let's see. Sacrificial Pond Productions is a full-service indie studio. Um, as Joe was saying while I was in the uh, waiting room, or I guess we'd call it the green room, um, you know, I am a writer, director, actor, uh, producer, special effects, grip, gaffer, set designer, pretty much fucking you name it, I got to do it. So, so you get all that on a business card? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a little bit much to add on a business card. I just write a writer, oh. director, actor, you know, whatever. <laughs> so basically, you're an indie filmmaker. I'm an indie filmmaker. Yes, that's sir. Great. Yeah, man. How you doing, George? Nice to finally talk to you. Yeah, you too, man. Nice to meet you. Thanks for popping in here. You know, I used yeah. to have a rig that I wore. I used to have a rig that I wore. I went out to Film Tools, and I built this, this tool belt. And I had it. I had it completely customed out for myself, and uh, I could do all my own audio and all my own AC shit. And I was literally like a one-person crew, um, nice. on, a lot of, on a lot of stuff. So I know. Uh, I know. What I miss Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> so my my co-host and one of my producers just popped on to say hi. So. I awesome. apologize for cutting you off. <laughs> Not at all. So, so tell us about, tell everybody uh, who may be watching or who may be watching the archive after this, tell tell everybody what you're all about. What's what's going on with you? What are you doing? Uh, well, we also have the podcast before I get into the movie since they popped up and we've already kind of discussed that a little bit. Um, <laughs> our podcast is Sacrificial Terror Podcast. Uh, you can find it on all major platforms. Uh, my co-hosts are Lance Wagner and uh, Rihanna Nicole Zombie Barbie. Um, and it's pretty much a horror podcast. We bring on guests and, you know, sometimes it's just us, you know, having a good time and talking about the things that we love, um, you know, which is horror. Um, you know, so we, uh, you know, we bring on guests. We've had uh, Bill Oberst Jr. We've had Billy Pond, uh, Parrish Randall, David Howard Thornton, you know, some, some pretty good names. Um, you know, Todd Jenkins and Billy Blair from Cherokee Creek. Um, you know, so we've had some, uh, we've had some great guests. So, um, you know, we love what we do. We love talking about horror and, uh, you know, we love bringing light to what the indie world has to offer. I think it's something that's skipped over a lot of times by, you know, some of the bigger productions, um, you know, and me and some of the other indie filmmakers that, you know, that I know are trying to break that mold, as you would say, um, I, contacted joe the other night and had him review some of our footage from our film normal terror um one of the scenes we shot last week and uh you know i i try to think outside the box i'm trying to bring something new to the table that hasn't been done um i think uh you know indie film and and film in general um especially in the horror genre has really lacked um story plot and originality um so that's something that we're trying to change with uh, with what we're doing with normal terror well i love it i love it you know that sounds cool and i completely agree with you you know and it's interesting that uh that it's interesting that you put that the way that you put it because um you know for so long 
and our generation coming up before that we watched uh the story was told through the meat is something i used to say when i was you know what i mean it was told through the meat and through the deaths and through the kills and it was told quickly and succinctly but it was there it was deep and it was there was a fabric to it and there was right. it, there was this phenomenal texture that the old the old horror films had and that texture is missing <laughs> in a lot of the stuff that i think is being made today um and so it's very cool to, to me to hear you say it like that man very cool. Well, and, and I, I have to agree with you. you know, I mean, that's the reason I fell in love with Hellraiser is because it was such a deep platform, um, sure. you know, and, and, and the, the special effects, you know, the practical effects that they used back then. Nobody had ever seen shit like that before. They, they had the run of the mill. They were able to do whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, and they did. And they were ingenuitive and they used what they had. They created you know, a whole lot of shit that we've seen, you know, now that's, you know, being done, you know, on a computer. And I think the CGI really takes away from the actors being able to perform. Well, and uh, beyond the actors too. I mean, look back when they were doing it like that, um, you know, they were, they were pioneers. A, nobody had ever seen the stuff. Nobody had ever right. seen the content that was being put on the screen. And, right. and so, and nobody had ever seen, uh, the effects executed the way that they were starting to be executed. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the thing about that to me was that um, it was just, everybody was an artist, everybody in, involved. It was this amazing artistic, collaborative, physical, tangible thing. And on day 15 or day 20, everybody's fucking burned out. Everybody's tired as hell. Uh, but everybody's still going. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody's keeping each other going. And that's when like the really like uh, the ingenious stuff starts getting created and, and they started coming up with all these crazy, crazy ways to pull off effects. And it's just, you know, it's gone. I'm not taking anything away from the skill that's required to execute CGI. I understand that that is a whole different level of artistry that my brain is not capable of processing. I understand that. But what I'm capable of processing is the way that I was raised, uh, doing it, watching it, seeing it, being part of it, all of it. Um, and that's that's the practical stuff. And and, you know, it's I, I love it because that's what I try to do with everything I work on as well. I try to do I try to keep it all practical, you know. Um, well, and, and I think that we're really missing that originality. I mean, they're coming out with re reboot after reboot after reboot after reboot. And it's like, you know, it's the same old shit. I mean, how many times can you spin the same story, you know, 500 ways? I mean, it just, you know, it, it gets to, you know, let somebody come in that has an original story, give them the funding they need to give you something that they did back then. Exactly. You know, if you really want to create something that's going to be, you know, the next icon, give somebody a hand up. You're speaking my language, Sam. I couldn't agree with you. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. But here's the thing, and I'm going to say it. I don't know if anybody. I'm sure somebody way smarter than me has said this, but <clears throat> you know, it used to be the business. Then it was the industry. Then it was what everybody's got a word for it, right? Uh, this town, right? When I say this town, I mean the, the entertainment business, right? Um, the studio system, there's always been indie and studio. 
you know, a lot of people don't realize that 99% of the movies made every year are independent films, even the ones that studios put out. They're just acquired once they're right. made independently. So Correct. the term indie, you know, it's it's such a large uh, it's such a large playing field. You know, um, I've always I've always considered it more of a fringe or an outlaw kind of type. Uh, is is where guys like us tend to exist. But Hollywood, man, just like everything else in 2019, Hollywood is an algorithm. Period. And if your if your project does not fit within that algorithm, you know what I mean? They'll take your script. Now the studios will take script and they'll put it in a little whatever they put it in, and they'll have whoever reads it reads it in a room, and they they do a focus group on on the script and. You know, they'll do a pre-reading focus group and then they'll they'll read the script and then they'll do a post-script reading focus group. And, you know, and then all of this shit gets entered into these spreadsheets. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, if the project fits within their algorithm, <coughs> then it's got to fit between one and three million, between three to five million. Uh, what is it? Between five and eight and then 13 and up. Right. And there's this big no man's land yeah. in the middle there. And, uh, but then the problem is for the, for all the one to one to three and three to $5 million, basically the, the Blumhouse model, um, they only want filmmakers who have done big budget, 20, 30, 50, hundred million dollar shit. Yep. <laughs> and so what do they do? What? So then now we're left with this impossible sort of equation that Hollywood is kind of painting themselves into the corner with. So what are their options? Their options are to just recycle crap because it fits in their spreadsheet. That's why we're. That's why we have so much of this. this well, of course, they know they're going to make money, and that's <laughs> you know ultimately their goal is to right. make money. Right. You know, I mean, for for me, it's about creating an art and something that hasn't been done before. You and, know, that's, and that's what, that's what it used to be. Right. Right. And, you know, and and that's what I'm trying to do with Normal Terror. You know, I get a whole lot of shit because when they ask for to read my script. I'll send them what I have, but they're looking at it as like, well, what the fuck is this? I've never seen anything like this before because 98% of it is improv. Sure. So I'm working off of a shot list that I have created shot by shot where some scenes that I'm doing, you know, have 107 individual shots to create that scene over a seven, eight minute period. And, you know, since I've been developing the story, you know, on this particular film for the last 12 years, you know, and I'm directing and acting in it, I can guide the dialogue where I think it needs to be. And sure. you also get that organic acting and that organic feel that, you know, it's not something that's over rehearsed. It's not super campy. It's, you know, it's genuine feeling. It's the first time my actors are in that situation. It's the first time that they're going through and dealing with, you know, with these emotions and that thought and that feeling and seeing me, you know, as, as the main killer, um, you know, in, in this film um, and how they react to me and, and my psychological game with them. And see, that's awesome. I love how all of that sounds. What I want to talk about is the, the challenges that what you just outlined has brought to you. <laughs> you're, you're done with that. I do have somebody else to bring up if I may. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. Challenges. Indie well, Brigade, where we talk about shit you don't say. 
Right? <laughs> well, you know what, man? And, and that's exactly what it is, dude. And if they don't, oh, and uh, you know what? I'm going to add a hashtag real quick, man. Hashtag fuck distributor. And that one goes out to Todd Jenkins and all the indie filmmakers fighting with fucking distributor right now over getting their shit robbed. Um, anyways, I heard about that, that's a whole nother thing. But anyways, the, the struggle, the biggest struggles that I've had thus far um, is is finance. Um, and the reason being is because of the the as you put it, the algorithm I'm using doesn't match up to, you know, what people are used to. Right. You know, and, and being somebody that, you know, is is new to the, the writing directing game, um, you know, they're like, well, who the fuck are you and why would we give you any money? Right. You know, and then when they ask for a copy of the script, they're like, well, I don't see a script here. Yeah. And it's like, I'm aware of that. But this is something that, you know, and, and, and when I came into this, I was completely naive. Um, one of my best friends is Jeremy Miller. You might know him as Ben Sieber from Growing Pains. Sure. Um, and him and I were sitting down bullshitting one day and he was, you know, telling me about his projects and things he's had going on and, you know, and, and stuff that he's been working on. And it brought back some of these old ideas from when I first started acting back in 06. And I started, you know, when I fell in love with the concept of how it goes from concept to script to screen. Um, and so I started writing my own shit, but I just kind of put it off on the back burner because, you know, in that year and a half that I was, you know, pushing my acting, I didn't get a big break and wasn't paying the bills and I still had a family to support. So, you know, I kind of put all this shit on the back end. Um, but I was, I pitched him a couple of ideas and he's like, wow, man, that's really fucking good shit. Um, let me get you in contact with somebody. So he put me in contact with, uh, um, Jack London from the band, the wild. Um, and Jack was like, dude, we got to fucking do this. Sit down and write it. We'll get it done. Okay, cool. And so, you know, I was very naive in this thinking that if I had a great concept, a great idea, a great layout, um, that, you know, they would just fucking throw money at me. Money would be falling from the skies, you know, fucking make it rain. Sure. You know, it didn't matter if I was, you know, new or not, you know, it's, you know, it's a great fucking idea, dude. I can sell it. I can sell this fucking thing to anybody, you know, um, but the reality of it was I didn't know how the business side of things worked. I didn't know how to put together an EPK. I didn't know how to put together a PPM. I didn't know how to work out my contracts. I didn't know how to, you know, do all of this shit that's necessary in order to make that kind of stuff happen. That's um, right. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that happens on the back end that a lot of people don't realize goes into it. Um, you know, like the stuff that I was saying, you know, you have a one page budget proposal that you put in with your initial, um, you know, assessment when you send it out to somebody to, to take a look at it, you know, your EPK and your NDA is in, you know, and, and, and all this shit that you have to give somebody and make sure that they sign so that they don't fuck you over. That's right. And by the way, even after they sign it, they're still going to either try to fuck you over or actually succeed. You know, and, right, which is why I have those two pieces of paper up on the wall right there. Okay, <laughs> I have my I have my script registered not only with the WGA, but I also have the motherfucker copyrighted. Well, yeah, and that's <laughs> an interesting point. So, you know, you brought up a few interesting points, and what I'm really excited about what you brought up is that this is part of what the Indie Brigade is about, and and you know, one of the things that we have is a secret Facebook community as well. That's right now it's only reserved for people who have been on the show or close friends of the show. And it's designed for, by the way, I don't know if you, Sam, if you met Chuck yet, Chuck, Sam, Sam, Chuck, 
Chuck's hey, been- Chuck, how you doing, man? I've been I've been keeping What's an eye on you. I've been waiting to hear something. So sorry, I've kind of taken over for a moment. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. So, but I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Chuck's same here, brother. Chuck's got a band called Bastard Sons of a Judas Goat. They're fucking awesome. Um, Fantastic. And so, and so he's kind of like uh, kind of leading the the charge here with the the musician side of the Indie Brigade. And, nice. you know, so the whole point of this online community is for folks like us to come together and help each other figure it out in, in the truly collaborative spirit that, by the way, did exist when I was a kid coming up, watching right. watching people like my dad, watching people in the business. And, and when I was even learning myself and when I was coming up and working under my mother's maiden name for years and all that other mm-hmm. stuff, there's, there was a true collaborative spirit and it's fucking gone. And I want it back, and that's what the Indie Brigade is about. And and you hit on some stuff that a lot of people watching this might not know about, and that is the fact that when you know things like the business of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and and by the way, every investor is different. Mm-hmm. I've had investors say, you know, send me over a one-page synopsis and a top sheet. Right. Uh, I've yeah. had investors say, give me a full business plan. I once had an investor say, do all this shit for me. Uh, and be in my office in in five days, uh, and I'll fund it all. And I said, great. So I walk in five days later with all this stack of papers and all the business plan and all the projections. And he picks it up and he thumbs through it and he tosses it in the garbage can and says, I just wanted to see if you could do it. And he wrote a check. So I mean, you know, like there's no telling what's out there uh, or or how these investors are going to do it. But private investors are the way to go because you know, I mean, at this point. Uh, the system, the, the the business of it, you know, all of the creative financing things that people, everybody, every sales agent, every every festival, every market, they're all going to, you know, sell you the same pill. You know, well, yeah. you've got to creatively finance. You've got to, you know, find a tax rebate. They, you've got to find soft money. You've got to find first money in. You've got to have this kind of bullshit. You've got to have that kind of bullshit. And it's just because it's all part of this machine. And at the end of the day, people like us who do this fringe outlaw type indie shit, we need private investors who are going to take the handcuffs off and let us do our thing. But to do that, you know, it takes a savvy guy to do that. uh, And it takes a savvy guy to write the check as well. And, you know, you brought up like an EPK, which is an electronic press kit. Um, you know, people call them pitch decks, people call them, there's all kinds of different things you can include, you know, lookbooks, all of that stuff. And these are things that, you know, I would like people in our community to be able to help guide, uh, other, other filmmakers who might not really know. Well, and, and, and you brought up a really good point too, is that, you know, you have to be very savvy with your, you know, with not only selling yourself and your product and your brand but also with your investors, because what I've found out is that a lot of people want to come in and want to take over creative control. Sure. And that's one thing that, you know, I absolutely refuse to do with, you know, with my film is give over the creative control to, you know, an algorithm that works for them. That's right. Um, you know, because then it's no longer my project. It's no longer my vision. You know, and I don't want somebody to come onto my set and tell me how the fuck I should be running my set and what my vision is. Bro, this thing right here, Rise, this project yeah. of mine, I've been trying to get this thing off the ground for uh, almost a damn decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father and I were originally going to do it together. It's sort of my, like, prologue to his early work. And 
the only reason it's not made yet is because of all that bullshit that you're talking about. You know, I mean, like I, I went into a meeting with a product. I tell this story all the time. So I went into a meeting with a production company. I got, it was a, it was a legit meeting, big, big production company, deep pockets. Everything was great. 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 We want to do it. We want to do it as a series. That means we're going to take your two hour film and we're going to give you one season of 10 episodes. We're going to give you 10 hours to tell the story. What filmmaker doesn't want that? Right. So the whole time you're like, this is awesome. Here's some paperwork. Here's some contracts. Well, here, I'm going to go back and forth with you on these contracts for a little bit. Four or five months go by. Hey, everything's great. Hey, my other partner's finally back from overseas. I want you to meet him. Come into the office. Okay. So I go into the office and, and, and his other partners there. Listen, we want to take this thing a different direction. We want to take it to the CW and we want to do it as a, as a high school comedy with musical numbers. Right? What the fuck is that? Legit. <laughs> this is a true story. Right. High school musical of the dead. Right. So I said, I said, I'm sorry. Y'all say hi to my co-star, Sammy. Hey there. Yeah, turn down into the light. Why would I ever come to light? No, this is this is my son and co-star. You're talking about working with your dad. Um, he, gets, he gets to work with me. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. What do, you, what do you mean, uh, come out of the dark? Why would I come out of the light? I thought we were supposed to stay in the dark. <laughs> I'm in an interview right now. I'll be out in a few. Okay. Okay. Love you. See, my kids, my kids were coming in a second ago, and I was like, shh, go. I understand. <laughs> Usually, like, especially on our podcast, I'll do that. I'll be like, get the fuck out. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, but that's because it's our show, and I'm trying to, you know, be professional with our, you know, our guests. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really look all that well if you're like fucking, you know, kids coming in half naked, you know, fucking, hey, dad, what are you doing? I'm fucking recording, dick. What do you think? <laughs> oh, my kids are supposed to be asleep. My, both my kids are supposed to be asleep right now. George works with me. There's no professionalism here. No. <laughs> Absolutely none. Right? It's my but, favorite. Uh, but uh, I, I do have somebody else to bring on, if I may. He is a uh, special effects guy um you saw his purple car a little while ago Dustin. so if we Falcon. look at this guy Falcon. What's <laughs> come on brother Not how we right. doing guys good good how you doing oh buddy i've been listening and loving it good 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 <laughs> how's life what's going on with you ah uh, kids got in the middle of football season I'm surviving heart attacks and strokes, getting my strength back, getting back into things, so, trying to follow the Ramirez Indy Brigade as much as possible. So, Dustin, I hear the perfect thing for heart attacks and strokes is smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Still smoking. That's <laughs> supposed to be doing that, brother. Uh, Dustin. I'm telling you what, you're tougher than a coffin nail, my friend. No shit. I plan to come back. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this is kind of cool having two special effects guys here, but tell us a little bit about your background quickly uh, on movies you've worked on, projects you've worked on, uh, Hainted FX. Hainted FX has been a company for about 12 years now. I've worked everything from historical outdoor theater to Hollywood feature films. Done by James Franco. I've always dreamed of doing a Romero film. 
So I'm still holding out hope for that, too. It'll happen. <laughs> oh, it's coming, Bubby. <laughs> I have no doubts of that. I still share it every chance I get. Yep. <laughs> Good man, Dustin. I got you back. Always will. Back at you, my friend. Nice. Back at you. I'm not familiar. I've heard the band before. Sam, I'm afraid I don't know who you are, bud, but I've been listening and I'm, I'm a lot like you. My kids are my main person I'm turning up to. He's well, done. You know, I'm, I'm a single dad. So, you know, I've got full custody of my son. I've had him for, you know, for four years now. So, you know, he's, he's my priority, you know, um, you know, nothing, you know, nothing and no one comes before him. My oldest yeah, I got my grandfather's too. tonight. My youngest one's in there in the bed with his mother. I'm just hanging out with you guys. Cool. Right on. <laughs> yeah. no, I was lucky enough to actually find a family a handful of years back. And uh, I got to tell you, it changed my entire perspective on life. And, and, and you know, I've met your family, man. They're incredible. Yeah, they're pretty amazing. You should see, you should see my boy now. He's awesome. Hey. Been growing. He's 15. He shot up like a beanstalk. Uh, he's got a girlfriend now. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know what that's, I mean? That's my boy. He's that's 15. Me. He'll be 16 in January. And everywhere you go, you can tell he's been because there's pentagrams drawn on everything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> my yeah. 14, he just beat a local high school 52 to 7 tonight. Damn. Yeah, it was a good game. Okay, so just so you know, I hate all of you guys because I mean, my son is 23, so he's already grown, gone, went to the military, went to Japan and all that stuff. I have a daughter who is 14 in high school now, five foot eight and about 100 pounds soaking wet. I'm in trouble. So you guys saw My daughter's 13. My daughter's hey, 13. Brother, I understand my, the pain, hey, brother. My my daughter is twenty and off at college, so I don't even want to fucking hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't want to hear, hear about the boys, you know. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> right, dude. Just remember, I fucking make horror films. I can make you fucking disappear. <laughs> you no, know, I saw that. I, scene. I saw yeah. the thing from the movie. I know for a fact you can make me disappear. I, will I don't think I realize how dangerous these these five screens are. somewhere between Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger. I'm just not sure how <laughs> many. Right? I, I got to talk about daughters. I got lucky with mine. She doesn't really like do the whole boy thing and all that crap. She actually, she makes, um, she does a lot of drawing and, uh, she makes a lot of sculptures of like really weird creatures. She was making one earlier today. It was pretty wicked. And nice. yeah, so I haven't hit that point yet. So I'm kind of lucky on that one, but eventually it's going to happen. And then I'm going to be screwed. We should take all of her sculptures and do like a stop motion video for your band, all like tool style and shit. Hell yeah. That'd be cool. I'd be down with that. I'm sure Josh would too. Hell yeah, man. We run them we still gotta do we still gotta do a video. We still gotta yeah, do a video. We can run them hey, through. I, I'm not much for sculpting and shit like that, dude, but I got a process for making fucking silicone molds that are out of this world. There you go. <laughs> well, that's you and Dustin gonna talk. What's that? Definitely a strong skill set. Yeah. Silicon is difficult to work with in best cases. 
I'll have to uh, I'll have to send Joe some of my uh, some of my pictures of some of my uh, sculpting and and shit that I've done some of my silicone props that I've made. Definitely, definitely. Wow. All right. So this is turning out to be an interesting thing. We got five people up here, and I know uh, Lance is going to be joining us soon. Uh, oh shit, my brother. Yeah, uh, he, he's on his way home from work. <laughs> my friends list too. So, I like Greg. I like Greg's comment. We could be a movie right now. Vengeful parents of horror, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. is feels, Greg. Hey, you know, actually, if you, if you if we actually all teamed up, we can make like the goriest, uh, most badass short film slash music video we need uh, from a band in history. Hey, uh, yeah. I, okay. I, I, Joe brought it up a minute ago as far as being able to see the uh, the one of the scenes that I've done. So in my film, I've got eight separate movers. Each one of them have a different kill style, and each one of them have a different abduction style. So me being the serial killer in my film, the, the way I'm doing this different is that there's no particular MO to be traced back to him. So it's from a serial killer's point of view before he's caught. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. And how's it going? Like, where are you at with things? Um, let's see. We have, uh, we have three murders in the can. We're doing the fourth one tomorrow. And we've got approximately 25, 30% of the normal footage um, in the can. So we're, we're about halfway right now. Hey, that's pretty cool. And how long have you been shooting? How like when do you think you're gonna finish principal photography? Um, principal photography, we're gonna try to have completely done no later than the middle of December. Um, I want to be done and out of post, ready to premiere um, February for the cult classic convention. Very nice. Very nice. Where are you based at? Um, I'm based out of Santa Clarita, California. Awesome. <coughs> and, and by the um, way, I'm spoiler, alert, spoiler alert, Sam's the murderer in his movie. <laughs> <laughs> so so are you shooting all it are you shooting it all out in Santa Clarita? Um, actually I'm shooting ninety percent of it at my house. All of the murders are taking place in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well there you go so yes you know, if, anybody else, if anybody else was to actually go on a podcast and say most of my murders take place in my garage <laughs> <laughs> hey you know what dude and I don't give a fuck I ain't gotta pay for fucking permits in my own house <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right you know, I've got a fucking nice little light kit that I use, you know, and fucking, you know, I've got my gels and all that shit to, you know, create a different ambiance for everything that I'm doing. You know, I'm running two labs and a boom. So, you know, I've got all the sound that I need and fucking, hey, dude, this is guerrilla filmmaking at its finest. That's it. That's it. I mean, and that's the thing when you have an idea and you have to get it done. You know, you have to get it done. Orson Welles used to say, uh, my favorite Orson Welles quote is, uh, you know, a writer needs a pen, an artist needs a brush, but a filmmaker needs an army. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's becoming less and less true. 
for people who know how to use the the modern tools of the trade. And um, and I think that's very cool and exciting. But I'm also, you know, I don't know how much I love the fact that there's so much content. It's almost it's almost hard to, you know, to find something. Um, but, you know, I, I do love the fact that it's 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 we don't need an army anymore. It's better with an army. I'm not going to lie. It's better when you have an army to make your movie. But I mean, we don't need it, and that's spirit. That's that's the spirit that I carried through my. I still use it my whole career. You know, everything I do, I do with uh, you know, as just bare bones of what I need. Um, it's it's easier and it's harder in so many ways. You know, it's easier. I hear somebody in the background. It was no, that's me repeating. Shoe repeat. Oh, yeah. Uh, did we break it? <laughs> no. Sam's getting choppy. His video's getting choppy. That may be his phone. Damn it. <laughs> we... it, it is, man. I tried to get on uh, my computer and it's still loading. <laughs> <laughs> so the phone was a better option than a computer still loading. Absolutely. Go fucking figure. So that guy trying to blame this program already. Chuck's on his phone. I'm on my phone. How, how am I doing? I can tell he's moving. Yeah, you're on the dark side, man. You're on the move. <laughs> Chuck is Oscar Mike. But anyway, Sam, move your head so I know that you're there. Yep, Sam's not there. No. Maybe. Yep. There he is. So, Sam, uh, one thing you you some kind of fucking weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's always that fucking weird shit. Right, Gremlin, man. Gremlin. All right, I may be back. Am I back? Yeah, back. back. All right, Gremlins. <laughs> Gremlins God right. damn it! Just <laughs> all right, guys. I'm gonna try so, and uh, reset my shit. So until I see you again. Hey, it was nice to meet you formally and have you on. I really nice to meet you, man. Come back on. Let's talk like in depth about this shit. Definitely, yes. I will come back as soon as I possibly can. Unless I'm back oh. now. Am I back? You're, I mean, you're back. I think you're back. Yeah. Yep. Okay, fucking sweet. So <laughs> you brought up something uh, that I was trying to go into before I started getting all fucking razory and shit, like fucking MX Hadrum and shit. Um, but, <laughs> um, you were talking about running a skeleton crew and being able to do shit as a one-man show. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because the sh- the scene that I showed Joe um, the other day, we actually shot with three people. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Me, my DP, and my actress. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Dang yeah. That's and, and and it's beautiful that you can do that. And by the way, I'm glad that you froze up actually, because after I finished talking about that stuff, it was dead silence. I thought, geez, did I just say something stupid. 
<laughs> no, I mean that's the. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have a fucking crew to to run all this other shit and do all the shit that I don't want to do. Right. But, you know, I'm just not at that point. But here, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something just to qualify what you just said because look, I've done this. I I once shot an entire feature film in five nights with a crew of four people, um, uh, and the actors. Um, and I've and I've shot films with crews of 150 people, yep, um, and more, you know. And uh, look, you're right; it is nice to have 150 people running around to get everything done and get it and and just bang it out. We're getting echoing or feedback from somebody. Um, but uh, me. Damn it, Joe! You interrupted me. Now I lost my train. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we can do it. We can do it with much less than that. But but here's the thing: when the first time you walk on, this was what I was going to say. The first time you walk onto a set and you've got a crew of a hundred people, if you haven't done the jobs that we do starting out and even to this day, if you haven't worked every single job on a film, if you haven't done everything that needs to be done um, and you get, and you end up walking on a set with a crew of hundred people, first of all, you're not going to know anybody on your crew could fleece you. You can say, Hey, I want to do this. And all somebody's going to say is, Oh, that's going to take me five hours to set up just because they don't want to fucking do it. And you don't know what right. you're talking about. So you're like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll move on. And then they they start fucking you you know creatively that way and it and it can happen and I've seen it happen. Um, so yep. you know if you don't do it if you don't learn all this shit coming up, then when you do get to that point, you're kind of like a deer in headlights and you're a little bit lost. And I've seen that happen too a lot. Um, so well, and that fucks with your budget. You know, mm -hmm. right now I'm paying for fucking everything out of pocket week by week. Yeah, you know. So I'm not taking a chance to fucking, you know, three, four hour fucking setup to get on screen for fucking 30 minutes to change it around to another fucking setup. Fuck you. That's right. <laughs> but if you had a crew of 100 people there, you know, yeah. the problem is sometimes you end up with a crew of 100 people and it still takes you four hours or longer because now you got 100 people trying to do some bullshit. So, <laughs> you know, or trying to, you know, trying to it's like a game of telephone. Um, but I'm telling you, a, a well-oiled, well-good working film crew is one of the most impressive things you'll ever see in your life. I swear to God, anybody who ever walks on a legit production with a, with a massive crew of people who have been doing it and know their job and know the business and know why they're there and know what they're doing, it is a thing to behold, man, to watch a film crew run shit. It's unbelievable. It's really cool. Hey, George, I got to ask you a question because you would probably be more knowledgeable about this than, than I would. Have uh -huh. you ever seen a drowning scene in a bathtub from the bottom? A drowning scene? Is that what you uh -huh. said? You broke up a little bit. Yeah. Have you, know, you ever seen a drone? Like I've seen that. Like I feel like I've seen that in something. Um, I feel like I've seen it maybe in something French. Um, there's a lot of okay. there's a lot of shots of like people's faces going in and 
you know, like that. Um, I feel like I've seen, yeah, I've seen somebody drown from, uh, well, the big famous drowning scene, uh, one of the most powerful drowning scenes is, of course, in the abyss. Actually, James Cameron did that in the abyss uh, with Mary Elizabeth Mester and Classic. And 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 they ran and he ran that scene like so many times that I guess they they actually almost drowned and died, um, and and that's probably one of the craziest drowning scenes ever. But that's not in a bathtub. Um, it's nothing like what he's referring to. Okay, I don't know what you're. <laughs> that's a big. That's a big bathtub. But I, I feel like I've seen something like like in something foreign, maybe you know. I don't think I've seen. American that I can think of. Is this he talking Lance Wagner has joined us. Welcome, Lance. Nice to meet oh, wow. What's awesome. up, man? Look at all the bald guys. Lance, Lance! Guys. Woo! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, Joe. Yeah, nice hair, Joe. <laughs> what an absolute honor, man. <laughs> Well, see, this is perfect because now if there's any uncomfortable silence, it's up to Lance to take over. Okay. Right? So, Lance. No, the, the reason I was asking um, is because what I did for my scene is I cut a hole in the bottom of the tub, sealed it with plexiglass, and I shot from underneath. Did you put a picture of that on social media? Yeah, I did too. Did, okay, I think I saw that picture. Okay, I get it. So it does look like it's underwater. Yeah, that's that very cool. awesome. Yeah. Those eyes, I like his eyes when he was staring at her. I like All her I saw was water. what was ever on. <laughs> the you know taking out of context that's a creepy fucking statement land <laughs> it is a great shot i liked his eyes when he was staring at her <laughs> yeah <laughs> squeal like a pig <laughs> okay never mind anyway <laughs> Anyway, Lance, you you haven't been formally introduced to everybody. There's this guy Sam that you may know, um, right? <laughs> but uh, we've got from the band. Say the name of the band because I, I'll. Bastard Sons of a Judas Goat. That's we've awesome. had people. <laughs> we've had people out. If you have had people out, you have to check them out. Not will. They're amazing. We've Real got, quick, we've had, we've had people who actually like can't get that name right who are introducing us on the stage. Continue. Oh, yeah, wow. I'm not going to even attempt after you know a couple of these and one of these. <laughs> no, sorry. Then, and then we got Dustin from Ainted FX. Who yeah, we're we're friends on Facebook. He's awesome. I love Dustin. And, and then there's that other guy, George. But anyway, he's he's so cool. And then of course. <laughs> You're the coolest too. Joe, just shut up with your fucking hair. Just yeah. <laughs> you got to get him on camera doing that. George uh, oh, yeah. with a fan or something. <laughs> good yeah. time. Good time. So Lance, what are you here to talk about? Well, my Astros lost tonight, and I'm gonna. Ha I'm not happy about that. Well, shit. They need one more win to go to the World Series. I'm I'm trying to get them in there again. You'll do it, man. 
And you know what? You know what? When it happens, I bet they won't even fucking thank you. Right? (laughs) Now I'm concerned because Sam dropped out, and I'm hoping that's his phone and not the program saying, hey, fuck, you had six people on, and uh, you're overloading stuff. That's probably his phone. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a phone like that. This is pretty neat. There was no point in hearing though. Well, I, I think so as well. Did you put up you. videos yet? Did you figure that out yet? Can we play like a trailer? Uh, like say somebody's got a trailer for a movie they did. Uh, we do that. Or a live clip. Or Can you and your hair. Live 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 somewhere. <laughs> I'm not going to say them right now. Give me a second. <laughs> Can you do that with your fancy hairdo? Yeah, and now, now, wait a minute. Is that a dig? Because, like, on our second episode, George, I told you you had a hair out of place. No, it's because you once told me my head was shiny. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I've held it you ever since then. Part of me like died a little bit that day, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna hate you. Like, a corner of myself is gonna hate you and sit to the grave. For the most part, I love you though. It's just that one Jesus, little George. You're right, Dane. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> You're grounded. So, Lance, here's your opportunity, man. You've got an FX guy. You, you've got a musician, and you've got George. What is something you would ask these people as a professional, since you have a podcast? I, I think the, the we try to we're try I think what we're really pushing on our podcast is we're trying to get more of the indie indie stuff out there because like Sam was saying a while ago we have more um, it seems like we have more indie guests right now and that that excites me and, it, and I like I'm I'm the one I, I feel like I trumpet the the call I'm trying to trumpet the cause of all these people that just just want to get their name out they just want to get heard and and I, it's it makes me proud when these people acknowledge me that I'm 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 just trying to get. If I get a $5 perk on an Indiegogo, just anything I can do to help someone out. And I just, for you guys to do what y'all do to try to get the Indie name out, I just think that's amazing. Because uh, like like Sean Burkett's trying to get Stranded made right now. He did a Don't Fuck in the Woods, and he's, and he's already done Don't Fuck in the Woods too. If I understand that right, it's, it's in post-production. I almost watched that last night, actually. Those are it's, out, really, out it's, it's really, really good. I, I totally I the name. It. Yeah, it's a cool name. And um, anyway, he's trying to get stranded made, and it's a Bigfoot movie, and it looks really, really cool. And that's an Indiegogo uh, process. Um, My Girlfriend, the Serial Killer by Samantha Marie, and I think uh, Jonathan Moody and Derek Huey, they're trying to get that made, and it's Indiegogo. And then Butcher's Bluff, which we had William on our show, and he's out of Texas. And the cult classic invention, which Sam mentioned, is in Bastrop, Texas, just outside of Austin, and that's in February. And uh, Butcher's Bluff is, I stood next to the character, the main character, the Hogman. And that mm-hmm. is an intimidating, and like y'all were talking about originality a while ago, mm-hmm. that is a very intimidating, to me, original creature. I've not seen anything like it. Yeah, I haven't either. And, you know, it's interesting. I've only seen what I've seen on social media about it. And I was in a conversation a few weeks ago uh, at the barbershop, actually, because occasionally I'll go and have him trim me up. <laughs> like an animal. Uh, but but my son, you know, um, uh, used to go with his mom to get his haircut when he was a little kid, and then he got he got a little bit older, and and uh, and, and he said, "I need a haircut." And his mom said, uh, "Okay, well, I'll schedule an appointment with so and so." And I said, "Ah, fuck that! I'm going to take him to the barber." 
And so we go to the barbershop and I get these conversations down at the barbershop. One of the conversations was about what you're talking about, monsters, icons, things like that. And I actually brought up the Hogman, and I didn't know any of you yet, and I didn't know anything about it. I'd just seen a little bit about it on. I'd seen a picture. Awesome, of it. that's and awesome, man. Like even the early costumes, uh, the character is phenomenal. Character, it looks great, and it really has the potential to grow the legs that it needs to kind of find a place in the in the sort of lexicon of of awesome characters. You know? What Did I mean? you see some of the? I didn't see this movie. In the movie. Huh. Did you see some of the actors he's going to have in the movie? Bill Johnson from Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, 2? No, I didn't see any of that. I just saw oh. pictures of the Hogman. Yeah, he's, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna, to – and uh, Indy Gogo's been very successful. He, I think he's into his second stretch goal right now, so he's doing really good with it. That's awesome. But just, just, just that, I mean, just those – getting the word out, you know, it, 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 I, I'd like, and I think with y'all, I mean, any anybody just to – you guys are going to help musicians. I mean, y'all have one right there. Y'all going to help musicians out. You're going to help movie uh, makers. I just think that's just amazing what you guys are doing. I think I think Joe is I, is very very good at what he does. And yeah, I, he is. He definitely is. He his hair can grow with. <laughs> He's a Georgia fella. <laughs> just so you know, I, I had hair down to the middle of my back. You're wow. Wow. Yeah. I've got pictures. I used to. So. Use <laughs> that. What do you use? Mane and tail? Is it mane and mane and tail? Is that what that stuff's called? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Is that the secret, Joe? That and and, and spiritual happiness. Maybelline. What's your secret to making your hair grow. <laughs> I'm telling you, buy stock in Aquanet. <laughs> You're killing the well, ozone, Joe. I'm okay with that. Do you see this hair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lance, what you what you guys are trying to do with your podcast, what you do, what you're doing with your podcast is phenomenal too. You know, like you use you use the phrase championing these people and what they're trying to do. That's there's not enough of that out there either. You know what I mean? And right. uh, and and I think what's what's cool is guys like you notice what we're trying to do with the Indie Brigade. That's the stuff that means something to me. Means a lot to me when 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 people realize what we're trying to do. It's truly it's it used to be collaborative, man. It used to be. It really used to be. I promise it used to be. Even on the bigger levels, it was collaborative. And I've been I've been knocking around this business since I was a little little kid. And it used to be what I want it to be. And it seems like it's the best place for it to be that. And that's collaborative. And that's what the Indie Brigade community is is, is about and it's going to continue to be about as it grows and turns into that a place where musicians and filmmakers can meet a place where all kinds of creatives can come together, whether it's writers and musicians or effects guys, or, you know, whatever, just anybody who's an indie maker, creator, artist. Uh, we had a guy on our last episode named James King, who's probably one of the best woodworkers I've ever seen in my life. That was good stuff. And, and, uh, you know, he's, he's going to join the community or has joined the community uh, in terms of being able to, either guide people or help people with how to build sets on, on no budgets and how to do things that help take the production value of no budget filmmaking to a place that looks like it at least had some budget. You know what I mean? And, and you know, because production value is huge. You can have the best story. You can have the best actors. You can have the best effects. You can have the best everything. But if there's that one piece that's missing, whether it's bad audio or, you know, a shitty camera or a cheesy set that, that the doors 
move when the actors open and close the door. You know what I mean? Um, those things were the things that the modern audience of today, the internet critics, they don't get past those things anymore. Right. You know I mean, like coming up, you, you used to get past that shit. You you know, you'd catch these things that went wrong in the background, and you'd be like, "Oh, did you see that? There's a guy, there's a guy dressed out of character." But you let it go because it didn't fucking matter. It was right. still 300 people or, or several hundred people came together and made something happen. And people used to understand that, that it's not always perfect. It's fucking art. People are too picky these days. <laughs> and, now, wait a minute. I don't know, man. When a, a multi-million dollar Marvel movie has a Starbucks cup on the ground or something. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they spend $1,000 or a hundred fucking billion dollars to make a movie. At the end of the day, even a Marvel movie is still a handful of people on location shooting shit. I'm sorry. Game of Thrones. Not yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones. That was the Game of Thrones is even better. Look, you have this cell of people who have been embedded together for how many seasons doing this show in the middle of nowhere. It's still at the end of the day, yeah, they paint everything and there's all the CG and the dragons and shit. But at the end of the day, it's a group of uh, 150 people together, uh, tired, burned out, still doing it for the sake of doing it, still doing it for the art of doing it. <coughs> it's it's all the people who aren't on set who fuck it all up, or the, who do all the business of it and fuck it all up. It's still Game of Thrones. Is still, if you watched any of the production or behind the scenes stuff, who's still arguing. Humans make mistakes. You know what I mean? But yep. it, it used to be it didn't matter. You'd point it out and it was a piece of trivia. Yep. Nowadays, internet <laughs> audiences don't get past that shit. Yeah. Can, can I throw this out there? Uh, also, uh, if a movie's good, a movie's good. If a movie sucks, it just sucks. It doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how much it costs. I've seen some really good fucking movies that didn't didn't cost that much. Was done by like six, you know, friends, whatever. It was a good story, and it kept me like entertained. And I've seen some like really big budget movies that made me want to go to sleep. That I have to be, I have to be under the influence in order to enjoy it. And even then, it's not good. I'm not like, saying so, budget equals good. I've never said that. You know? No, that. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying it doesn't matter. Back you. Uh, what I'm saying is, if it's not if it's not good, it's not good. If it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter if it cost a lot or if it didn't cost a lot. Does that make sense? It makes right. total sense. But you also know that I'm a believer in, in in watching bad stuff because God knows I've found stuff. Sometimes you find gold, man. You watch a movie that's that's just shit. For instance, there's a movie, there's an action film that I won't name because it's you know, but it's shit. It's one of the worst action movies I've ever seen. Can I guess which one it is? But there's a shot of... Can you give us a year it was made? There's a, there's a shot of a guy, he's a cop, and he gets shot off the uh, off the side of a building, and the stunt guy goes over the back, and here comes the camera guy just blasting towards him, just running full speed with the camera. The, the cop goes over the edge of the building, and so does the camera, and you see the behind the scenes of it, and this camera guy's tethered, and he just jumps fucking crazier than a shithouse rat along with the fucking actor going backwards and follows the guy down and holds the frame. And it was one of the most amazing, awesome action shots I've ever seen in a fucking movie. And it's the only good moment in the entire film. And and I yes. I don't like to talk shit, so I'm not going to name the movie. But um, 
All right. You're, you're going to have to private message me that. Yeah. 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 That's fine. You're going to pay me for that. <laughs> but it's I'll one of the best shots I've ever seen in an action movie. And it's one of those things that made me as a filmmaker say, fuck, I wish I had the balls to do that. You know? I, what I mean awesome. by that is to be the actual camera guy. Like, I wish I had the balls to jump off a fucking building with a camera. You know what I mean? That's insanity. So, but people don't realize that people do that. That's the effort and the love that we put into this shit. And when some fucking exactly. troll is like, you know, oh, there's, there's, you know, fucking the sign is crooked, you know, or that font didn't exist in 1983, you know, fuck yourself, man. Oh, I, <laughs> thing. It made me laugh, actually, more than anything. And yeah. It, it was you get past it. You get past it. You have to get past oh, it. I, I, yeah, I didn't you know what I mean? blow it up like it was, but... I mean, there's got to be in filmmakers, somebody viewing this or editing it, they don't pick up on that. Just gets uh, missed. Oh, it just gets missed, man. You know, I mean, shit gets missed. People make mistakes, you know. Okay. I, I, I've never been in a big budget film, a low budget film, an indie film, and editing stuff. So I, I don't have a horse in this race. One of the one of the first jobs I ever had on a big budget movie, I was the production assistant, and uh, and I I had to pay my own way, pay my own hotel room, and and pay for the privilege of doing it. And uh, so my my day one on set, they put me on lockup, and I I'd been around and working on Little Ship for a long time, um, but this was like a, a legit big studio film, and I got hired as this PA coffee guy, and uh, they put me on lockup. Well, the film takes place in, in six, the 1600s, and uh, I said, okay, lock up, got it. And uh, so here comes this van, this grip van, and I'm like, no, you can't go by. And, and you know, the grips say, uh, oh, well, they need this on set. And I said, yeah, I get it, but we're locked down. And, uh, and they said, no, no, they can't shoot without these. Well, I didn't know I was fucking green uh, to the ways of the big union shit. And I said, no problem. So here goes this van right through this $300,000 crane shot of this island in the 1600s. Um, <laughs> so the director pulls me pulls me aside and gathers me in front of everybody, all the extras and people like that, grabs the first AD's megaphone and fucking screams in my face and fires me. Oh, wow. On day one. And then the, and then the first AD came back and rehired me at the end of the day. And... Uh, and it turned out to be one of the greatest experiences of, of my early career. But yeah, that's something that happened. We lost Lance. Well, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I just asked him, where did he go? And he's like, I have no clue. But guess what? Oh, well, there he is. No clue. I got to get more coffee. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, Lance, uh, again, this is kind of like the beta clusterfuck show. So what did you experience on your end when you kind of disappeared? I think I, I was probably searching when you had you had George brought up just now. Okay. I think I was searching. I hit chat, and then I guess when I went back, I exited out, I guess. Okay, so do you think I, it was – I didn't realize how to go – I didn't realize how to go back. Or our end that kicked you off. No, no, that was my end. That was definitely my end. Okay. But I, didn't, I, I guess when I hit chat – I didn't see how to come back, so I guess I just don't know all the options just yet. 
Uh, Either today. Yeah. <laughs> so live and learn. So, um, hmm. Let's see. Dustin. Yeah, man. Tell me about killing people and blowing shit up on set. Yes. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Nothing like it. I've done That's everything awesome. from small indie horror to big budget stuff. And I'm just getting old as it goes. <laughs> so, so explain some of the processes to us because, brother, I am putting you full screen right now. You, Man, you- it's mostly blood. I work, I work in every medium there is. You know, I, the biggest ones are just blood work. Mm-hmm. And I've done. For Franco and Hollywood and stuff, I, you know, I'm still dying to do one of George's films. Right on. Well, do you make your own blood, or is it? I make mine. Simple. Nothing really. I mean, zero syrups. I bought them from stores, so it's easier to make mine. Always has been. Is it, is it like the uh, kernel? Is there a secret ingredient? Or? No. Good <laughs> coloring and red blood. The thicker you, less water, more Cairo makes it thicker than with <laughs> different colors added to it. I have blood in my most often. Well, see, you see, you ruined a good opportunity there. Wow. You, you should have said, yes, there is a secret recipe. <laughs> Contact me. I'll let you know how much it is. And <laughs> the secret recipe is the more expensive stuff usually. Oh, wow. cheap. Uh-oh. Always has been. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Which one of them? Uh, you did for a second. It looked like. What was the okay. your favorite effect you've done on a film? My favorite effect was the first kill. Seeing Franco jump up and down on set. He basically brought me up unpaid. He didn't trust me, didn't know me. And a Emmy Award winning hairdresser I know got me the job. Her Uh hand shot up when he asked her to stab me if she had anybody that could do it. And I'd worked a film or two with her in the past and done live casts and stuff like that. He brought me up to do it and I ended up killing like Six people the first night, I think. Wow, that's awesome. So James Franco yep. didn't trust your work. Did, did he? He didn't know. Did Prior he, to that, I'd only done local West Virginia independent horror and um, outdoor theater and stuff like that. And he came to West Virginia from California and was making a horror movie. Or uh, I'll put a link to it, throw it up in this. Page here. I'm not sure if you guys can see it or not. Uh, I can. I, I will add that later on. I do apologize. But did you finally earn his respect after everything? I was- believe so. I got told by an AD out there working all he would get in a night, but, but I did manage to get the shot he was looking for. Hey, I've seen the movie. I've had the privilege of having you on another show, and uh, I wasn't prepared tonight, so I didn't have pictures or anything. But I, we had pictures of when you were on that other show. You recall, and uh, it was some very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. And I still have those archived. Those pictures. (laughs) Yeah. 
But I expect big things here from Mindy Brigade. I mean, we've got the right mix of people in this. And it's, and it's growing. It really is. I mean, this is, I screwed up on the title tonight. I'm so disappointed in myself. I said episode four. Um, it's like 2.5, like he said, or, or George said earlier, or three. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, I'm going to have to adjust that. But uh, <laughs> Chuck, you okay, man? I feel like oh, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I got the candle going. and <laughs> you know, um, What is Chuck, what is Chuck doing in, in the group, uh, Joe, or Chuck, what what do you you sing instrument? Uh, I I play drums and uh, awesome. do vocals. Awesome. Uh, we're we're a two piece band. Uh, we generally like slower stuff. Uh, you know, uh, doom, sludge. Uh, yeah, we 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 do a little bit of everything. Uh, it's me and another guy, uh, Josh Ross, who he plays guitar, does vocals. Uh, we also. Uh, if you go to our Bandcamp or, or our Spotify or things, uh, you'll find there's albums on there that are a mixture of uh, noise and drone, which I play a little guitar, uh, do some spoken word, um, do some different percussions, uh, mess with noise stuff, um, play bass, if I didn't say that already. Uh, and Josh does a lot of like, twisting of knobs, making noise and stuff like that. So we do a little bit of everything, but mainly drums and vocals and guitar is what, what we what we're you know, what we do live. Definitely gonna check that out. Well when I hear spoken word, sure. uh, I'm automatically I'm thinking of uh Rollins, the Rollins band. Right. Oh yeah, of- yeah. I, yeah, I know I know Henry. Well I've met him a couple of times. Nice. I'm a big fan. <laughs> okay, we'll right. mention his other band and the Rollins band, but yeah, black flag. Don't forget black, black flag. flag yeah, I'm a black flag guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got a tattoo to prove it. That's cool. Right on. It's a shitty punk rock tattoo that was done by That's a 17 year old kid. That's perfect. Indie music, however you want to look at it. I mean, I've got a full half sleeve that was professionally done that some. Punk rock tattoos look better, to be honest. <laughs> it makes more sense, man. My my black flag tattoo doesn't even it's not even filled in. And I never got a chance to get it filled in. I was really drunk. It was many years ago. And uh it's so it just kind of looks like uh I'm giving up because there's it's not black flag, it's white flag <laughs> until I awesome. decide to get it. But there's a so. story behind it, and that's the cool thing. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that kid actually is serving a life sentence in jail right now. Oh, shit. Okay, not the story I was looking for, but yeah. okay. It's okay, dude, believe me. The more you have me on here, you're going to find out some, some weird people and, and things that I've been around and know. I, I've hung around with, with a lot of different uh, good and bad people. Uh, apparently, George went to Columbia to get coffee. I think he did. I bet he's having a camel light. <laughs> so, Lance, um, I, I know you guys are doing great with the podcast. Um, you are – what the hell did he say? He isn't – What's oh, that? Oh, seriously? Hold on a second. 
<laughs> yeah. he's, he's telling me I'm this smoking guy here. Phone. Everybody's smoking. I had to come have a cigarette. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. I Everybody's haven't had a cigarette in ten years and a hundred pounds later. Well, and, uh, yeah, but look at all that hair. That's right. <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. Yeah, so I came out to my shop here to have a cigarette. I got some coffee, and I've been watching and waiting for you to notice that I was in the lobby. I've been in there. That's <laughs> one thing I don't like about this program. It, it doesn't show people going across, and the, all of a sudden there's a scroll bar that I won't notice. So, But we're never going to have six people on at once anyway. So, Why not? We are right now. Well, I understand that, but it, it gets a little confusing at times, in my opinion, and people speaking over people, but... God damn it, Joe. <laughs> I love you, Poppy. <laughs> and damn, he's already done with the coffee. Now he's going to be gone another 15 minutes for another cup of coffee. <laughs> no, I'm just going to hang out here and have another cigarette, because it's been like an hour and... 40, 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're, we're you know. about that time. Um, I, I, I agree. I appreciate everybody coming on um, w without any notice whatsoever. Um, yeah, this has been super fun. It, yeah, definitely. Honored. Def completely honored. Not at all, man. I'm honored you came on. Oh man. Second, I'm just looking around. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. So is uh, Dustin, is Dustin going to kill somebody in a movie pretty soon? Do we need to be looking for something? It says I find another movie. Awesome. In a movie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in a movie. Yes. Thank you, George. <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm on my third kill. I don't make movies. So, I mean. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I'm not a witness. You you and tell most me? of them are in your garage. <laughs> Are, are you hey, totally now, now, love seeing his eyes when he kills people. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. Now, I've never killed anyone. I've been questioned by the police once. That's no joke. Imagine wow! Not by the police with a dead body in your passenger seat buckled in. <laughs> no, I got. <laughs> no, I actually got. Uh, I looked like a guy that killed a couple people at a gas station one time, and uh, I got escorted to a. Uh, to the police station by five cops. And, and, and uh, it was like a bad NYPD blue episode. And, oh, and Chuck, not for nothing. You still do. <laughs> <laughs> I probably do. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If we can't have fun here amongst friends, then. Oh yeah, man. No, I'm having a blast, dude. This is great. <laughs> yeah. If we can't have fun awesome, amongst man. friends for all the world to watch, what the fuck's the point here? You know, I mean, with those two people watching right now, thank you, first of all. Um, wow, those numbers are really up, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but again, this was this was very last. Our entire fan base is watching, all both of them. <laughs> Thanks, That's my life. That's my life. Watching. Sam, hi, Sam. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. Wait for it. There we go. Full view. Uh -huh. ah, very beautiful. Big Lance famous. That's right. Lance. I just wanted to say hi. Lance. Very nice to see you. 
I'm not a good conversationalist, but I can say hi. <laughs> That's I'm blocking your shot. <laughs> oh, she's leaving. She spoils me. Oh, she's pretty good. She does spoil me. No, she is awesome. She produces their podcast, and she I've spoken to her behind the scenes a few times, and she she's just a joy to talk to. She really is. Good woman, good woman. Well, it's recovering for her to pop in and say hi. That's right. Reco- recovering from a pretty serious surgery too. So, oh, wow, I saw that on the on the on the social inter- interwebs. Yeah, <laughs> she's doing a lot. Spit of out, George. I, I hope she's doing all right. Oh, she's doing great, George. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You guys seem like a really great couple. Thank How you, many George. years now? We've been together since 2012, but I've known her since we were. Um, I had a huge crush on her in junior high <laughs> and my, one of my best friends was her boyfriend side. You know, I wasn't about the drama, so I left it alone. And then, uh, 20 some months later, we reconnected. We had, I'd moved away through dysfunction and family and all that stuff and moved away from all my friends and blah, blah, blah. I made it back close enough to where she was. And then we reconnected. About, and so roughly 30 years later, we got back together, started dating. Got married, got married in 2013. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. You don't hear enough stories like that. Yeah, it's it's a cool story. Very, very lucky. Yeah. I think, I think she's the hottest grandma going, you know. What? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> see, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, it's kind of like, you know, George and I, we met like a year and a half ago. And we it's kept each other sense. in our thoughts and everything. And then... Yeah. I had a crush on Joe for a while. It's <laughs> hard not to. Brian with that hair. I know. <laughs> if he just wasn't a Giants fan, George, you know. <laughs> Look, nobody's perfect. Right. <laughs> hey, I'm still a Steelers fan. Fuck. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> if you start singing black and yellow. <laughs> my terrible towels around here somewhere. They have a great following. Oh, my. Yeah, uh, I had a buddy played for them many years ago, and I got a lot of autographs from uh, the Slash era. Oh yeah, Jerome Bettis, and I got some of those good autographs. That's he awesome. Helped, he helped yeah, my dad back in the day, a lot of people don't know, was the sideline um, uh, photographer and and oh. the guy that ran up and down the sidelines with a big ass fucking sixteen millimeter film camera. Oh, oh shit. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It was pretty cool. I got to go meet all those guys like back in the Terry Bradshaw days. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. So, so did Terry Bradshaw back then have more hair than you or less? Oh yeah. I technically I guess I could still have hair, but you know, years ago. Uh, I, I had this thought that if I just shaved my head, I could just use one soap shower. <laughs> and I thought about all the money I would save over the rest of my life, and That's I was right. right. So, <laughs> and you're saving the ozone too, George. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, people <laughs> look at my wife and say, "Geez, how you look so young and beautiful." And she says, "Oh, well, here's my 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 regimen. Here's what I do to you know. Here's my soap I use and my lotions and my this." And they look at me and I say, "I wash my face with shampoo." 
I just got <laughs> drunk one night. Woke up the next morning bald. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. Back. Hey, I'm not shaving my head. Piss off. Hey, <laughs> if you never have to get to yeah. that point, then don't do it. You know what, Joe? I think I might I might have to make an executive decision here. I think. I think yes. Uh, yeah. Now, all true members of the Mini Brigade. Oh yes. Just Put remember, on my page it says co-founder and producer. <laughs> and we, everyone has to shave their head, and everyone has to wear Nikes. <laughs> yeah. And then when the punch comes out, don't ask questions. <laughs> That's it. When I did have hair down to the middle of my back, I was willing to <laughs> shave my head for charity, but. That fell through. I wanted to do it online and everything, but yeah, we can do that here. We can do that on the end of brigade. We'll do that. Hell for the yes, vets. I would do it for charity. For we'll do it for the vets, dude. We'll do it for the veterans compound. Fund me. I would yes. do it for the vets. We'll do it for the yes. vets. We'll do it for the vets. a certain amount. Yeah, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it for the veterans compound, and uh, and we'll set the bar really high just to make sure you have to shave your head. Right. We'll set it's gonna it. It'll be above five bucks. Yeah, and I'll okay. cover yeah. it. I would pay five bucks to see that. Hell yes. <laughs> I would definitely I'll share the you. hell out of that, too. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Is this what happens when it gets almost to 1 a.m.? Yeah, um, I, th I think I'm done, guys. <laughs> Before you make me shave anything else. <laughs> I think what needs to happen is we all just need to show up at your place and shave your head against your will. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and, and film it. Yes, paying it with your Tuesday near where he's at. That's right. Live on Indie Brigade coming up. Just remember, I'm in Florida. Forcible so. haircut. Hey, it's getting cold here, man. It's getting cold. I could go for a road trip, you know. Uh, are you going to be a snowbird, hey, huh? <laughs> Even though I'm not the biggest fan of the state of Florida for a lot of reasons. So, because um, I'm here. No, actually, you're you're single-handedly redeeming the state. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Heard to be burned down there once. <laughs> not for nothing, it was still 87 degrees today. I think. Oh, and it was wow. So, I actually like the cold weather. My wife, not so much. Well, see, so do I. I enjoy it as well. And so I'm a new. Yorker originally moved down here when I was a kid. I was transplanted because my dad got a job down here. And I'm married to a New Jersey <laughs> girl who was transplanted also. So I don't know why I thought that was relevant. So we'll just move on. It is relevant. You should come yeah. to Kentucky in the winter. You can uh, – right here in Lexington, we've got the bourbon trail. So technically – and we've got open carry laws. So technically, you can come up, have some bourbon, hop on a horse, carry a gun. And shoot somebody. Well, if you want to go straight to shooting somebody, I mean, that's on you. I was going to suggest maybe a target. <laughs> he was just saying, like, hang out, Joe. Come yeah, on, where's your head at, man? Shoot somebody. What? I, you know, I mean, I was kind of going with, like, you know, ride some horses, carry some guns, play some cards. All right. Well, you want to go straight to murder? I mean, we can all hang out for it all. It doesn't matter what we do, as long as we have a good time, we're together. Right? I'm 180 miles from. Yeah, Dustin's made the drive before. 
Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Hey, personally, <laughs> I don't know if I trust myself with the gun. I've handled a few in the past in my younger years. And, but, hey, I'm game. Yeah. Hey, well, you're still here, and we'll give you one without bullets, so you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust myself with chainsaws, so I get that. You know what? You never give you never give bullets to the guy you're hunting. I mean, hanging out with. <laughs> that sounds like a movie, George. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like a surviving the game or something? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I can run the squibs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say earlier, you can run the squibs. <laughs> I love that. I love surviving the game. There's a good movie. That, right. that, that was an awesome movie, based obviously off the world's yeah. most dangerous game, but. Um, Really phenomenal. Uh, they oh, yeah, man. Brucker Howard, rest in peace, man. Wow. Gary Busey. Busey oh, yeah, dude. He's talking about the, his uh, prince or whatever, the, the dog. Oh, yeah. uh, dude, that's one of my favorite movies. I actually yeah. just uh, – me and my, my, my girlfriend, which you know, Rachel, like we uh, we actually – I introduced her to that not too long ago, and uh, and she really liked it. That's, that's one of my favorite, like, not horror movies, but it's more – it's like a thriller, you know, thriller yeah. action, I guess. Was that her yeah. first time yeah, to man. see it? Huh? Was that her first time to see it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's cool it. to get the fresh, the fresh, you know. Oh, that was awesome when you first see it. That has yeah. to be. Oh, my, I want to go my back girlfriend and see is, it with fresh eyes, you know. Oh yeah, man. My my girlfriend is nine years younger than me. I'm 35. Oh, awesome. So there's there's a lot of things where I'm like I'm like okay, you have to see this. The thing is, like, I'll make Terminator Terminator references. And she won't get it because she's never seen Terminator. Wow. <laughs> and it's like I would always go around like I would go around saying like yippee ki motherfucker all the time. And she didn't know what I was talking about. She'd never seen Die Hard. Uh, so I had to obviously be like, we were sitting down and watching Die Hard because that's like one of the best. Damn, best Christmas movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Hey, exactly. Yeah. Is, is he the guy that was on Friends that was dating or no, Ross was dating his daughter and Jennifer? Oh, Adam? yeah. Uh Judge, yeah, yeah, Judge. Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to make an obscure reference that somebody younger may understand, and I friggin' ruined that. Did have a couple of comments I didn't hit here before, and I apologize. Samantha Wagner um, said, "In our house, shampoo would be cheaper than razors." <laughs> In our house, what? Shampoo would I can be cheaper that. than razors. <laughs> we buy a lot of razors, and. Uh, yeah. the, Institute ninety one said caught the line. Hey, it's, hey, it's my buddy. That's my buddy. Yeah, that's my buddies, man. Yeah, okay. it's my buddy Dalton. You want? Oh, cool. Uh, did you see that? By the way, I'm just curious. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, it. yeah. All right. Well, uh, then Chuck, go ahead and read that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's one of my buddies, man. The Institute ninety one. Uh, it's a synthwave project that he's that he's doing. Um, he's got a whole. It's like basically like a soundtrack to a movie. He has a whole story plot for it and everything. Um, and you should check it out. Uh, it's on YouTube and stuff. Um, he's also uh, in a band called Dower that uh, will hopefully be doing some shows before too long because they're they're really wicked. And uh, he's what they're, they're some of my best friends, man. So and they're gonna come yeah, on. I'm here glad he popped too. on here. Actually, they're gonna they're gonna hop on here one episode too with this show. Right on. And, and uh, Greg Wheels uh, Marks. Says the Indie Brigade presents. <laughs> I like it. Yes. Wait, uh, can, can I write the short story of that first? Because I have an idea. That's the story. 
I'm too fat. I can't run. <laughs> it's, that's a short, that is a short oh. story. <laughs> I'll give you a motor scooter in the story. Yeah. No, here's what yeah. we do. We actually bring you in. We put you through months of rigorous physical training. We get you in the best physical shape you've ever been just so we can hunt you. And put me in the hover round at the Grand Canyon. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, oh. it has been two hours. It has been a fun two hours. It has been a strange two hours. It's been an interesting two hours. Um, any more adjectives? Or All right. You also do this more often, like just on occasions, just have random like podcasts. Random shit. Just like, yeah, just on occasions, like uh, off shows. I agree. Why not? This has been a lot of fun. I mean, and including really and have time to answer questions and see statements and everything. Um, uh, Wheel said I could borrow his motorized wheelchair. I appreciate <laughs> that, man. Um, so we're going to go around the room and uh, we're going to see where we can find you guys on social media and everything. So Chuck, start with you. Go. All right. Uh, Bastard Sons of a Judas Goat. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, you can watch videos on YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and there's like five or six more, I think, places you can find us, but I always draw a blank on those. Um, we're playing Indiana tomorrow uh, and doing a charity thing. Uh, December 3rd, we're playing um, at, uh, at Cosmo Charlie's in Lexington uh, with a bunch of bands. And on January 7th, we're playing with Abe Berman and the Stone Eye uh, in Louisville uh, at the Mag Bar on January 7th. I didn't say 7th already, so yeah. So that's, yeah, that's us. Awesome, awesome. Um, I just got to pull this up real fast. Samantha Wagner said, the sign felt of Indy. <laughs> I, I What's up with that? We we need we may need to get her on board. The hell with right? <laughs> well, you did say she's a good producer. If, I mean, if she's a better producer than you, then she and I should probably talk. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm having regrets. Ouch. <laughs> uh, I like you, Joe. I mean, you know. I appreciate that. Uh, Dustin. Yeah, man. Where can they find uh, your work and where can they find you on social media? TV's Hated FX on Facebook. I've got movies in Walmart, Target, Best Buy, Netflix, Redbox, and Hulu. A little bit everywhere, honestly. You can find clips of them on YouTube or just any, you know, any share where you go to usually has my films. Wow. That is awesome. Mr. Wagner. Oh, hit the wrong button. <laughs> Let's try that again. All you bald guys look alike. I thought Samantha would have hit the right button. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that was quick. I like that. That is good stuff. <laughs> so, Mr. Wagner. Oh, you see, we, you can find our the Sacrificial Terror podcast is on YouTube. <laughs> We're trying to funnel everybody through to YouTube. Uh, we're on Spotify and iTunes, and we're really pushing, uh, getting ready to have uh, Normal Terror is going to have the Indiegogo launch pretty soon. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Sam's putting that trailer together. 
and you saw, I believe that the murder scene you saw was going to be part of the trailer. And um, Rhiannon, Nicole, a zombie Barbie has a book out, uh, Broken Halo. It's going to be a series, so check that out. But all three of us, uh, Zombie Barbie, Sam, I am Mason, and myself are on the Sacrificial Terror podcast, the Sacrificial Pond production uh, label. And, uh, yeah, look forward to Normal Terror really, really building some steam up. And, uh, and you see Sam all over the place. We're all, we're, yeah, we're all on, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter. All of us are on Twitter. So, and uh, really pushing that indie stuff. Really, really looking forward to more and more indie stuff. Hell yeah! Do me, do me a favor, Lance. Yeah, take your glasses off and look down a little. He wants to. No, see take them off. <laughs> oh, he froze. Oh, did I? How about I now? How about now? I'm moving. Yeah, I see. Fine. It's fun. Yeah. Do we lose him? He kind of looks like he's my twin with those glasses. <laughs> well, well, no, I was thinking of the hills have eyes. <laughs> ah. oh. Like Pluto? It's not Michael Barron. I'm getting. I'm going to meet him in February. Are you? He's He'll get the cult classic. Sweet. Um, nice. Mr. Romero. Yeah. That's the blank one. Somebody somebody had to go, you know, drink coffee and smoke in his uh, wood shop. So, where can we find you on social media and Indie Brigade? Oh, on social media? Well, most of the time you can find me in the wood shop when I'm trying to stay sane. Um, But you can find uh, Romero Pictures on Facebook. We've got RomeroPictures.com where we put up all the. Uh, information about everything that's going on. Uh, there's some stuff about the Veterans Compound on there, which I'm very excited about, which I haven't really talked about tonight. But um, here's your opportunity. And it and it takes a little while to go into, but the Veterans Compound is something I've been working on for a long time in my life. Uh, I've worked one on one with a lot of veterans uh, to help them sort of figure out how to process a lot of the shit that they've seen and been through. Uh, through creative efforts like screenwriting or cinematography or uh, anything film-related, music-related, or creative arts-related. Uh, and I've personally lived through some success stories, uh, which led me to kind of formalize the concept and go after some financing, which looks very promising at this point. Um, and it looks like we may be opening the doors on uh, on a physical compound here near in the Lexington area. Uh, that will house uh, two classes of 30 vets every year. Um, that will be a four to six month class that will sort of, uh, it's not, uh, class is not really the right word to use. It's an open air, uh, no ceilings environment um, where, uh, like I said, two classes of 30 vets, uh, each class um, will come through in a year and they can work with professionals on their own terms uh, out on sort of a horse farm kind of environment. Uh to kind of talk about everything they've been through, talk with other vets, hang out, and at the same time uh, be exposed to small film productions, uh, independent short films, student films. We've got partnerships we're working on with local universities uh, and things like that so that the compound will actually have small productions going on 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, for our veterans to be exposed to. Um, during that time, they then uh, kind of find an area of interest uh, while working with our staff and uh, counselors. Uh, and then sort of for the last two months of their time with us, 
the next to last month is spent in a, a sort of an intensive training with a working department head from the entertainment industry, somebody like a cinematographer who's actively shooting films uh, or a sound guy who's working, uh, a working professional. And then the last month of their class is spent actually in production on a feature film. Uh, the cool thing about that is that they get paid for their position on the film. They get hours toward uh, union qualification uh, for when they want to join crew unions. Um, and they also, uh, as a member of the veterans compound class, they get a percentage ownership of the film that they're working on. Um, so that gets to go into sort of their coffers, uh, you know, sort of a savings account for long-term for those guys and girls who have families uh, that they need to worry about, uh, and come home to a fucking society that doesn't give them jobs or any appreciation for what they've done. Um, so that's the veterans compound in a nutshell. Uh, we talk about it a little bit on the on the Romero Pictures website. It's uh, it's been a dream of mine to do for a long time, and it's become a very very big reality. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, so RomeroPictures.com. Um, then we've got, of course, the the wood uh, the the wood shop, uh, which is McKim Wooden Leather, named for my my grandfather Donald uh, McKim, Donald Cameron McKim, uh, who taught me everything about uh, not only woodworking but how to grow up to be a fucking man. And um, yeah, so those are the places you can find me. I've got all of that on Facebook. I've got it on Instagram. Um, and McKim Wooden Leather was born out of the fact that I've been a woodworker since I've been about seven years old. Uh, and I've very low key been doing production and prop design for uh, films for the better part of uh, 30 years. So my wife finally uh, convinced me to kind of go public with the fact that I'm a woodworker. Uh, I always kept it very private. It was the one thing that kept me sane and detached from this fucked up industry. Um, but now I'm, I'm sort of out with it and in the public and it's McKim Wooden Leather. Uh, a lot of the stuff we make and have made for films is available on our website, as well as custom orders, custom furniture, all that stuff. Um, it literally keeps me sane. Uh, and uh, everything that you buy uh, helps me stay sane an extra day. So uh, <laughs> check it out. And I can't thank everybody enough for coming on tonight. Impromptu. Chuck, you're the man. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining in. Lance, it was nice to meet you, Dustin. You're the man. I'm glad you're tough as nails and fucking too mean to die. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and Joe, as always, uh, you're, you're the best. And, uh, I don't, I would never replace you with Samantha. No matter what <laughs> right now. I'd so. replace you with Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait, but wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, I get a chance to do this now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Romero Pictures Indie Brigade, uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I think that's about it, right? Yeah, please subscribe to the YouTube. It would be great to push all of that through the YouTube and all of that stuff because we're actually going to start putting out some content out of the woodshop here as well. Um, and it would be great to just focus everything through YouTube. I still want a Romero coffin. <laughs> a Romero coffin. <laughs> that can be arranged, my friend. But it's I, we just got to make sure you're not going to need it. So you need to take care of yourself and, and know that you've got people out here who love you and have your back. So. Love you too, man. Always have. Take care of yourself, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody stick around for like 30 seconds after this. And again, everybody who joined us short notice, we very much so appreciate it. And we will see you next time.
Bye, guys. All right. Look off till next time, everybody. What was that? Go ahead, Jordan. Fuck off till next time. I love that. I love that. <laughs>